Anyway, welcome to Every Film in the Book. I'm Marcus Wahlberg. <laughs> I, I'm still Danielle. That's not, um, that's not how we're doing this at that, all. That's how we're doing it. Oh, no. I brought us in. Hello, I'm oh, Marcus Wahlberg. Geez. Who are you, Michael? Oh, but if you don't use the intro, it's not going to make any sense. I'll use it. If you don't use that in the intro, though. I'll use it. It's all going to be so bad. Should I redo it? From the top. Here we go. Oh, my God. Steve. <laughs> yeah, what's up? You're not fucking Marvelous Wahlberg. <laughs> but I could be. No. I want to be even Marcus close. Wahlberg. <laughs> Let me be him. <laughs> Let me do it. Anyway. Whatever. <laughs> Steve. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> okay. Fine. Stifle my creativity. <laughs> no, that does not get qualified as creativity. That's more like like fucking garbage truck. I'm Marcus Wahlberg, bro. Garbage truck. <laughs> Left. I was born in Boston, Massachusetts, bro. I opened a burger restaurant with my cousins, bro. Oh my god. I'm Marcus Wahlberg. Wahlburgers. No. All right. This no, bad Steve. Bad, <laughs> bad Steve. Steve. Where's the spray bottle? I'm sorry. Bad Steve. I was hit Flick in the head the this morning, <laughs> so I'm sorry nuts. if I'm a little goofy. Flick him in the nuts. Oh, please don't. Every family in the book. I'm Steve. I'm Danielle. And it's Sinister. It's the Sinister Blu-ray trademark. <laughs> yes, it is Sinister. <laughs> yeah. Danielle really wanted to watch this movie. I did really want to watch this This was on the top movie. of our list for so many weeks yes. of films to watch. It was a couple months. Yeah. And yeah. We, we, we finally broke it out for our first October episode. So we yeah. figured, you know, kick it off with a pretty decent horror movie, I'd say. Yeah, uh, I always liked this horror movie because it was uh, one of those uh, mess with your mind sort of horror movies. It's not, you know, like a not super jump scary, although there are some and it's not super like gory and slashy. It's it's more like, a, you know, slowly gets to you. Well, all right. So I have two things and Everything you just said leads me into both of those things. So Great. I'm just going to talk about them now. Amazing. So scientifically, this was categorized as the scariest movie ever. By, by who? Wait, now, what do you mean scientifically? Now, now they, scientifically what they did was scary. they got a bunch of people, they put them in a theater, and they tested their heart rate. And they tested them with a bunch of movies that people considered like the scariest or had like some jump scares and stuff like that that get your heart rate going. So after the end of this study, this movie had people's heart rates the most elevated by the end of it. So they deemed it the scariest movie based on people's reactions by their heart rates. So it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of interesting, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, 
it's definitely not like i said it's not jump scare scary so i guess it wouldn't qualify in that aspect where it's like it's not peaks of your heart rate going up but it's more like consistently just like keeping you on edge well yeah and that brings me to the second thing i wanted to talk about so their use of jump scares throughout this movie so i feel like a lot of like like these modern modern horror movies like you know like stuff like the nun or like you know half of these conjuring spin-offs that they're putting <laughs> out like they end their scare with a jump scare and it like there's nowhere to go from that because then the story just kind of mellows out and we you know, we're back to like the supermarket and we're like, I can't buy groceries because <laughs> my hands are shaking from the ghosts. But like this movie does it right where it it starts the scary scene with a jump scare. Like, right. you know, look at that scene where he's 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 walking around the house in the middle of the night and all the kids are popping up like it starts with that little girl's face popping out at you. And then the scene just kind of creeps along from there and then it ends with like another jump. So mm -hmm. it kind of like bookends things with jumps, but continues the scare. It doesn't like cut to the next morning and he's like, oh man, that was freaky. <laughs> <laughs> Time to drink my coffee. Yeah, that's definitely something that modern horror movies do a lot is that they just want to throw a jump scare in there, but it has no real purpose. Yeah. Whereas like when the jump scare first started to become a regular thing in, in movies, it was more intentional and I think they did that really well in this movie. It was 2012. Um, so it wasn't like, I mean, it was 10 years ago, I guess. It, but it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, I mean, this is peak end of the world conspiracy. Oh, yeah. We were going to die in 2012. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, we had to get pretty scary movies to compete with real life at that point. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it did have some pretty uh, brutal moments. And oh, if yeah. you're not into shit like that then you know <laughs> this is probably a pretty scary movie um i've seen it several times and it's still still kind of creepy yeah like i i still remember going to see this for the first time in the theater and this movie freaked me out to the point where i had to call my friends and i was like guys you have to come see this movie and confirm that it's just as scary as i thought it was and like they were all freaked out by the end of it except <laughs> for my one friend who was just laughing the whole time because of the soundtrack oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no this is this was one of those few horror movies that came out along with like the conjuring or at least the first one that like really kind of like played off of like these like starting with the jump scares and then leading into these like more terrifying scenes like they just did it really well yeah and they, they showed a different way to do it yeah so for years like in the 2000s you, you saw the same pretty much. Yeah, I mean, oh, we were coming off of the, like, torture porn era. Yeah, like, yeah. all the saws and yeah, all yeah, the, the hostels, hostels and are kind of done with. So they get back into a different style of it, and they're like, okay, well, we need to do something different to keep right. people interested. And, you know, a couple of those movies back then did a good job at kind of changing, not changing the future of horror films, but just adding a different twist to it then. Right. Yeah, no, like they, it was, it's such a cool concept of like incorporating like the true crime kind of author style into like almost like a modern day horror film with like, you know, you got your spiritual aspects of your, it. You got like the demonic and all that. Your found footage. Yeah, your found footage. <laughs> like, found that's that's yeah. definitely not a common thing at all. Right. <laughs> found footage. 
<laughs> definitely not. <laughs> definitely like, not. Paranormal like activity thing. definitely never came and out. And there's not 13 of those. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like no. there's also the twist at the end that you didn't really, you had no way of knowing. Right. Um, which we'll get into. But like, yeah, I think overall um, it's just, it's just a solid solid movie yeah it's a, it's it's a solid film i think the the first thing we all said while we were watching this film is wow they really get right to it yeah, yeah. so there's no fluff 45 seconds into the movie you kind of know what's going yeah, on yeah we're start like this m- movie literally opens up with a murder like yeah. it's you Ooh. it cuts to this like grainy like you know uh eight yeah. super eight film the old found footage yeah. Yeah, yeah he literally found the footage yep right mm-hmm. but yeah it's this family they're they're tied to a tree they got bags over their heads and instantly you're just like well they're definitely not out for <laughs> well, a picnic this doesn't look great <laughs> well, they're not making it past the <laughs> Well, fucking credits. Well, these yeah. aren't the main characters, I guess. <laughs> no. Nope. Yeah, and you just see one of those like reaper arms like sawing at the tree branch and it Which cuts it. I didn't see the first one or two times I saw this movie. I was oh, like, really? how did the tree branch fall? <laughs> like, I didn't notice it at all until I saw it, you know, probably like the third time. <laughs> oh, okay. But yeah, like you you see this thing like sawing a tree branch out like, you know, in the background. The tree branch falls, it hangs this family. And then the film cuts and you just see Sinister and we're into the movie. Mm-hmm. Like there's no like explanation. It's just, look, people are dying. All right, cool. Welcome to the family. Yep. <laughs> like it's insane. Like the, you know, for, I, I think it's only probably about an hour and a half, maybe an hour and 40 runtime. Yeah, no, it's not that long of a movie for sure. Yeah. And they mm-hmm. definitely don't waste your time like getting into it and establishing what you're about to see. But I must, I must say that the DVD version is a little experience in itself getting into the movie. If, yeah. you, if, you, if you know what you're in for, the whole the um, trailers they had were good, mm-hmm. and then the music and the um, title menu. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it was all, and I I don't know if, I, I probably haven't watched a DVD movie in quite um, a while. It's so Blu-ray, it was like, Michael. Uh, whatever. <laughs> whatever. It's got I a spent menu. the money on the Blu-ray. Acknowledge it. <laughs> whatever. Okay, your extra 78 cents can go fuck themselves. But you know, you know, it pulls up this thing and it's it's a little thing in, in its own and you sets know, the uh, mood. You know, for years you just, like, we've just been streaming everything. Yeah. So it's like yeah. putting in the, you know, the Blu-ray. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah, thank yeah. you. And then letting the whole thing run till the menu yeah. is kind of a little Sets experience in it own. Yeah. Yeah. It like, it, it's such a nice, like it's a nice menu screen. It's like, dude, 10 out of 10 menu screen. Let me tell you. Yeah. Imagine hearing those noises in your bed at night. Just that's what it sounds like. Everybody at home who's listening. And so after we see that first initial scene, you get introduced to the main family and again, like we said, there's not a lot of fluff. They don't spend a whole lot of time like having meaningless conversations or like yeah. walking around. Like it's it's really like they get to the point. They basically explain that uh, Ethan Hawke, what's his name? Uh, Ellison. Ellison is L- an author. Eleanor. Yeah, something Elizabeth. He is an author for. Um, true crime. True crime, but then he also tried fiction, I guess. And yes. He's moving into Apparently a house. sucked at it. 
Yeah. <laughs> he move. He's moving into a house, and some cops outside make some comment saying like, "Oh, this is in bad taste." So you're kind of like, "Oh, what happened in this yeah, house? Wh- hmm. Why are you? Uh, what are you thinking? This is in bad taste." Yeah. And he's moving into the house, and uh, I think he pretty much goes up to the attic like right away. Yeah, like that's that's his first well, day in the house. Th- yeah. They do they do make a point to show you. Um, to show us as the viewer, him discovering the like branch that had been cut down uh, in the backyard. Yeah. So they established that, and that's mm-hmm. what we'd first seen. So you, then you're like, oh, he moved him in there. Yeah, like okay, you, yeah, you yeah. kind of figure out like, oh, shit, he moved him into the murder house before he even admits that they moved him into a murder house. Yeah, and his wife says to him like, Oh, so like we're not two houses down from a murder that just happened, right? And he's technically, like, technically, <laughs> uh, technically, no? yeah, but he's not lying. technically, technically, he's not lying. but technically, she says, you know what? Never mind. I don't want to know. Don't That's tell true. me. She does say so. That. She can't technically get <laughs> mad at him because she technically never wanted to yeah, know she can. it's on I tape too technically he's an asshole for doing any of this so I mean, she's allowed I'm not, to yell at him no matter what yeah I mean, that's kind of a yeah, dick no, move. He, he isn't a very good person but <laughs> she did technically say and if you rewind the film we can confirm yes. that she did not want to know yeah but still you know not super kinda, great thing to do to your family. Not, uh, everybody, not good dad vibes. Everybody listening at home, this is a PSA. Don't move your family into a murder house. I feel like that's <laughs> self-explanatory. Even if you got it on the cheap, okay? Even if you got it on the cheap. Because, like, I think the other thing was he was kind of going broke a little bit. And yeah, well, he's a washed-up writer. Well, His they, last <laughs> hit was 10 years ago. Yeah, they yeah. made it a point to say that a couple times. They're yeah. like, oh, what if, you know, that was 10 years ago. Yeah, his big so book, ago. Kentucky Blood terrible name and they don't talk about it a whole lot yeah no nothing about what it was about Mm -hmm. but apparently he you know got it right and ended up catching the people responsible so he's got this like superiority complex where he's like well Mm -hmm. i did it once i can do it again right Right. so that's why he moves his family into a freaking murder house (laughs) well yeah you you got to <laughs> you just you got, got to. Don't worry about it. You got to see if you and your family got what it takes. <laughs> Can you survive the murder house dun, dun, dun. this summer on CBS? <laughs> the hardest part for me would be writing the book. <laughs> I'd be too like, busy right, I su- exploring I the murder house. <laughs> I survived the murder house, but I'm only on t- chapter two. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so he's he's moving his family into the murder house. He talks to the cops, and the cops are basically like, dude, we don't want the circus that you bring to the towns that you start writing for like we just want to forget like please get out of here keep it cool and you know of course he's got the cocky attitude of like well if you know if a cop is telling me i'm wasting my time obviously i'm in the right spot so i'm going to keep investigating and that's when he goes up to the attic and he sees this like office box that everybody seems to be able to pack up their desks when they get fired with (laughs) (laughs) like it's like that stereotypical like office box I never but, got one of those. Yeah, I know. I want one. <laughs> I It can fit your entire life into this box. Yeah. Everybody comes home with one. <laughs> but um, yeah, so he, he finds this box in his attic and it's labeled home movies. And there's a, a Super 8, you know, tape player. There's a bunch of reels of film. And he's like, hmm, well, this might be a fun afternoon to figure out what this is about. And but, he pretty much starts playing them like immediately. Yeah, and you know he gets right to work, and that's we we see our first video, 
And that's kind of like the recurring theme in this. We keep seeing like more and more of these videos throughout the film. Now, I will say, I have no idea why he wanted to move into this house if he didn't think that there was going to be like some sort of evidence. But it is very convenient that he finds it immediately. I literally think he <laughs> like, just moved them into there because... Like, did he find them previously? No, no. I th- I literally think it's just because, like, what you said or what he says later, like, he was broke and he's yeah, going to investigate this crime anyway. Yeah. So move him into the cheap yeah. house where the crime took place and it kind of... No, I just mean, like, how did he find that box of films so quickly? Well, I think well, I think the demon meant well, yeah. him to and find them. Yeah, there was yeah. really no fat on this movie. So. Yeah, no. So that they can't true. like fuck around and be like, oh, well, maybe he'll discover him in his closet <laughs> or something. Five minutes past, like. But even even at at the one dinner, um, she's like, oh, we we ordered out or whatever. Yeah. And she was like, don't get used to it. Yeah, you it's know? one of the few times we Plus, can do this. Like, we don't have the money. He explains that their old house hasn't sold yet. And right. Yeah, and once I he sells, that. like, this new book that he's writing, you know, they'll be eating out all the time. But, like, you know, I think they're just down on their luck, so they bought a murder house because it was probably, like, 20 bucks. Well, yeah, I get that. I'm just saying, like, did he really think he was going to find anything? I don't know. Probably not. I think it was just, you know, it happened in the backyard. So if he was going to find anything, you know, the house is probably the, <laughs> the well, best place to start. That's how he rationalized it to himself. Like, yeah. they get in an argument about it. And he's like, no, it was in the backyard. And yeah. Like, oh, like, that's no. how, that's <laughs> how you like, rationalize it to yourself. Yeah, yeah. Our kids aren't sleeping in blood stains. They're just sleeping adjacent to blood stains. It's <laughs> fine. They're just <laughs> looking out the window and playing on the swing set. And Aren't they cute next to the murder spot? Isn't it great, <laughs> honey? <laughs> hey, she didn't want to know. What yeah, she fun, didn't want to know in her defense. What a tree for them to swing upon, am I oh right? Oh, my God. We could put a a rope swing. <laughs> Honey. <laughs> so stuff starts to get a little weird. Yeah, so he Just watches. a little bit weird. He, he ends up watching one of these tapes that he finds in the attic, and, of course, it's the murder that took place at his house. So mm-hmm. it's literally the scene we saw at the beginning of the movie. He's completely shocked by this, and us as the viewers, like, yeah, no, this is old news. We saw this at the beginning. Don't <laughs> worry about it. Like, I'm sure it's gonna get worse. From does here. he does he break out the whiskey? Oh yeah, the he first time he freaks out instantly. instantly. Yeah. This it's man has time. no self control. Yeah, he freaks hey, I out. Uh, saw something I didn't want to. That was a little shocking. I got a bottle around here somewhere. <laughs> like, hey, I've been working in true crime for about ten years. One murder really sets me off, though. <laughs> Like, I mean, I don't know if he've, he's ever had evidence like this where it's like on tape. Like and a it's, recorded. Yeah. Oh, probably and it's not. Like, this is definitely a shock a mur- to him. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't think he was watching this on the regular. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like, honey, honey, pop the popcorn. We got another snuff film we got to watch. He's right? into murder porn. <laughs> right? No, oh, it's great. Let me get drunk first. <laughs> what if he just started like, oh, let me just grab my loot. Honey, break. <laughs> Sorry, is that too much? Honey, break out the PBR. We're going to watch another murder. I found it in the attic. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, oh my God. So it's yeah. terrible. But this definitely wasn't a family activity because the first rule is don't go in daddy's don't, office. Don't go in dad's, dad's office. office. And the rule is always lock dad's office. Oh, yeah, because he's got to be a little, I don't know. He He just felt very, like, 
submissive. Yeah. (laughs) He just felt very submissive. Well, I can kind of see her point because from that point, like, you know, when they are sitting at this dinner and she's like, yeah, we can't order out all the time. Like she does like the, the son kind of brings up like, oh, well, you know, I found out about these murders before, or like I found out about the things dad was writing about before. Like you might as well just tell me now. Cause I'm going to find out. Like I, I am a kid in school and kids yeah. talk. Wouldn't it be better to hear it from you? Right. And of course the mom's like, no, no, no. I don't even want to hear about this stuff. Like you're too young to hear about this stuff. Like let's just drop it. And right. then, you know, we're, we're on to the next day Yeah. where he fully dives into, you know, this, this, this investigation. Yeah. I think that's when he breaks out the second video. Probably. I mean, he watches like one every day seems to be the thing. Yeah, because like it seems like this movie takes place over like a long period of time, but it's only about maybe two weeks Mm -hmm. that they're in this house before, you know, things start getting a little too crazy for them. Right, right. Um, But yeah, what what I forget what the second video was. You know, it's kind of crazy. Like I've seen this so many times. (laughs) I forget what the second video is. Uh, the second one is the Uh is it the car or the bedroom? Yeah, the car. It's the car, or is it the pool? And then it's the bedroom, and then it's the pool. Oh, it's the car, the bedroom, the pool. Okay, yeah. So the next video, I I think so. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure. The order still confuses me. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever, they're all cool. We'll just talk about them in that order, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. So we'll we'll get to the car first. So you know, it's his first day of fully investigating. He's watching his. You know, the the murder that happened at his house first. Which I don't understand why he doesn't just watch this during the day when it's less scary yeah, outside. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's like he's trying to piss his pants. Yeah. But he, you know, he's taking notes while he's watching it. He's like, oh, where's Stephanie? Which is the little girl that went missing from that video. And he's like, who's filming the video? Yeah, these are like the only notes he's writing down. And they're like super huge on his yeah, notepad. Like he's super, never taken notes before. Super basic. <laughs> he's got too. a nice yeah. 12 by 12 piece of paper. And he, he's taking up the whole thing with two notes. Yeah. <laughs> who's Stephanie? Who film? Good That's notes, whole dude. pilge. <laughs> Oh, my God. But, yeah, so, you know, he's writing down his notes, and then he's, you know, I guess he's feeling cocky after his fifth shot of <laughs> four roses or whatever he's drinking. Oh, because yeah. he'd pour a glass, yeah. down it, and pour another one, mm-hmm. and then set that one down. He would down it like it was freaking iced tea. He's, like, <laughs> chugging liquor like it's it's free. That's what people do in movies. They just drink liquor like it's a tasty Yeah, it's beverage. like they don't have that like instant kickback of like, oh, oh whoa, <laughs> that's a lot of liquor to be drinking at once. Hey, man, when you're watching videos like that, <laughs> but yeah, so you got to send them down. <laughs> so after his fifth shot of whatever, he he then loads up the second video and the second video cuts to, you know, a family fishing, you know, they're having a good time out on the lake, whatever. Then it cuts to a garage and you see the family kind of like tied up in their car. Yeah, and there's and a there's lot of l- chains and tape. A lot of chains, a lot of tape, a lot of cans, cans of gasoline stacked yep. inside the car. Then the camera kind of pans out to the hood and you see like a little flaming bottle go flying and it lights the car on fire. And now it's th- rocking back and forth yeah. like people are inside trying to get out. But it's Ooh. it's it's kind of cool the <laughs> way hot, they show hot, it hot, to hot. you. Because, like, they're showing it through the reflection in Ethan Hawke's glasses. 
So it's like they're showing you these like gruesome things. I thought that things. happened later. That was when they, w- that. when they were in the beds. Well, yeah. it also happens in the beds, but it shows mm-hmm. it in the fire as well. Oh, okay. Like it kind of like they're showing you these gruesome things, but they never actually like full on show it to you. Well, the, sometimes they do, but like it's it's either a quick cut of showing something gruesome or, yeah, like you said, like showing kind of out of frame or In, indirectly showing right. like, yeah. some form like you can see what's happening but you never fully get like that onward glance at it except for that first guy with the lawnmower yeah but even that cuts away really quick and like, that happens later yeah but you know he sees the second film and instantly gets freaked out and he's like all right i might be on to something here like, there's got to be something to these murders. Like, they can't just be coincidence. And I found them all in my attic. So, you know, I have to be tied into this. He he also reacts the same exact way to each new <laughs> snuff film yeah. he puts like, in the oh machine to watch on purpose. I didn't and expect the family to be murdered in this one. Oh, Jesus. This is horrifying. It's like you, you knew it happened. Yeah. Then you watched it happen. <laughs> then there was another video. Like, it's like this one was mm. labeled "family hanging out." I thought it was a family hanging out at an amusement park, <laughs> not hanging from the tree in my backyard. <laughs> I am Ethan Hawke. That's my Ethan Hawke impersonation. That's also <laughs> so terrible. I am Ethan Hawke. <laughs> yeah, that's not what he sounds like. <laughs> I am a true crime writer from California. Eh? <laughs> yeah so, uh, um, so what yeah, happens next in between all the times that he's watching these films we're going back to the family um and they do uh you know show both children kind of having struggles so you're not really sure if one of them is being affected by everything that's going on because you have the the son who gets night terrors and the one time he wakes up um, like he pops out of a box. Oh yeah, this is like our first like night <laughs> yeah. night in the in the in the house. Like right. Ethan Hawke hears a couple of creepy noises. I th- is this when the power goes out? I think it happened like twice, but yeah. yeah. But he's he's basically exploring the house, and he gets to his garage, and there's this like cardboard box in there, and it's kind of like moving and like scuffling. And his son comes like flipping out of the box and he's screaming and like... Yeah, it sounds like a demonic sort of voice. So like I didn't even realize that it was his son at first. Yeah, like they write it off as the kid having a night terror. But I'm like, if my kid ever made those sounds like that out of a box, that kid is getting lit on fire no, I mean, instantly. I mean, whoa. They, they both <laughs> that is a demon whoa. and I feel nothing for it. Wow. What were you going to say, Michael? <laughs> no, Sorry, I'm talking about burning they, my own son here. <laughs> they both, both the parents, like, didn't freak out. They were just like, oh, we get him outside, get yeah. some air. You know, yeah, so like, it well, definitely they, looked like they had handled that And before. they talk about that he's had this before, and then it happens a second time, and the wife is uh, saying that it's getting worse, and it's worse than it's ever been, so... right. Yeah, definitely seems like it's affecting him. Yeah, like, they do a good job of showing you that, like, just being in this house, whether the kids know about what happened there or not, like, it's affecting them, and it's affecting the entire family, not just, like, Ethan Hawke. 
Yeah. I'm sure it doesn't really matter if we jump around, but like the little girl's whole thing is she likes to paint on the walls and the one time she paints in the hallway and she's like, oh yeah, Stephanie told me to do that. And they're like, what are you talking about? And she's like, yeah, it's the little girl who used to live here. It's the one that daddy's writing his book about. And then she's like, go to your room. Right? <laughs> You're about to die, little girl. No, 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 no. She's like, I'm about to scream at your phone. <laughs> and they, they have it out pretty good. Several yeah, times. Well, I mean, their their entire marriage basically almost gets unraveled because of this whole situation. Because mm-hmm. oh, he's, the, yeah, he's so the, obsessed with writing this book and, like, trying to uncover what's happening. The, like, I got to be honest, after seeing that first video of what happened in my house, nah, fuck that, I'm out. Like, yeah. I mean, I guess that would be counterproductive, but, like, still, like, fuck that. I'm not going to continue with this. Yeah. What were you saying, Michael? What were you saying? Come on. Oh, my God, Steve. Steve's talking to him Steve, today. Steve's just <laughs> running eight sentences <laughs> in a row. And now, and now it doesn't even matter. What do you mean it doesn't even matter? Tell me what you're going to say. I forget what I was going to say. Everyone's now. entitled to their opinion, Michael. Apparently. Even Ellison, All right, well, the so terrible true crime writer. We're talking about them fighting a lot because of all the stuff that they went through. Um, but, yeah, and then, you know, at some point we do get a third film and that's uh what is labeled sleepy time and yes, uh, yes. so like you know when we cut to this film um you know it's just like a camera angle of hit somebody walking through a house you kind of see like family photos hidden on the wall and then it kind of like cuts to like this symbol and this is like the first kind of introduction to what we get of like our demon in this movie, like his first kind of like calling card. And uh, then it, you know, continues throughout the house and we see, you know, parents are tied to a bed. The Taco Bell Chihuahua dog is sitting there <laughs> yelling at whoever's filming this. And he goes and, you know, starts cutting people's throats. Yeah. And that's the one where they actually show in the reflection of the glasses, the first throat slit because they i guess don't really want to show that on full screen right (laughs) and then especially the last one is this like it's some little kid that Mm. is yeah so they're cutting he turns away and the screen gets all blurry yeah and he's like chugging whiskey out of the bottle like it's the worst thing he's ever seen which it probably is a seven-year-old got its throat slit big deal (laughs) grow up you're a true (laughs) crime writer it is it is interesting to see like how each of the videos, you know, has an effect on the family, on him, and then, you know, just the physical state of all of it. Like, the film's mostly in the dark, but I feel like um, earlier in the film, they have the lights on a lot more. Right. And then he he sees the first thing, and then it darkens a little bit. So it, like, steps down in his drinking and his behavior and him and his wife's fighting just steps you know progressively gets worse with each video yeah and like you can kind of see it throughout the house like each scene when they're you know even when they're in their house during the day like they have the blinds closed like the the curtains closed like so it it just starts feeling more and more like somber as like the movie goes on more and more somber yeah it's a good word (laughs) i like your description steve um, <laughs> but yeah, um, 
the the music the whole time. Yeah, I was just gonna say something about the music. They, oh, really? Yeah. So for me, I think the first few times where they use, you know, the soundtrack to really, you know, you know, bolster a scene, is the time to the times where it was either um, one of his kids sleeping or something not related to Mr. Boogie, who we right. see later. So for me. I like how they do it throughout the whole film. I think they just did it the same way too many times. Right. Because it is similar sounds and whatnot yeah. going through That's the true. film. But I think they should have switched it up a little bit or toned it down for the kid coming out of the box or, you know, the dog with the kids in the background because there was no, like, contact. So it, right. th they seem to hype up with sound each significant thing yeah. that happened no matter what it, you know category it fell into because yeah. like i do feel like you know like we kind of said at the beginning like it kind of does well with these jump scares but it does also kind of fall into that category where it's just a like a loud noise or like you know it's just a constantly repeating loud noise in the background and it, it you know it does kind of start feeling very similar like you yeah i mean i was gonna say though that there there was like a, a soundtrack to the whole thing and it wasn't just like random sounds it, and like a lot of times it really like had this like swelling sort of sound in the background that I mean I couldn't even pinpoint it to any sort of like instrument it's not like it was a composition of anything but you know it was it was an atmospheric thing that I thought really made the whole movie suspenseful and yes, there were times that you could tell that they were repeating the same soundtrack, but I mean, they mixed it up in the end a little bit and they had the more like percussive sounds to like, you know, mimic your heart rate increasing and stuff like that. But I, I do like that they had that throughout the whole movie. It just made everything feel suspenseful and there weren't any moments of like screeching violins. <laughs> like, yeah, there was a few. It, well, I mean, like. There, there weren't extended moments of just like, like some, well, you know, a lot it certainly, of modern horror It certainly wasn't that. the typical right. soundtrack right. that you would, you know, expect from a horror film. Like yeah. it literally sounded like they took the sound of like the Super 8 film going through the reel and like yeah. hitting the bottom. Like in, and then they just kept like looping that on top oh, it was of very, each other. It was very like pulsating. Yeah. Like, yeah. Very rhythmic. Like Which does, um, you know, I I don't know if you want to talk about your studies more, but <laughs> apparently, like music and like mimicking heart rate can yeah, can well, make you increase your heart rate. What kind of quali like when they were doing this study is something they found out is like certain tones that they played throughout the movie are specifically selected because they're meant to make you feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Like there's certain like high pitch screeching. Like it was like high beeping that I, heard, you know, I think it was like towards like the beginning or like in the middle of it where like I I heard it in my ears. I'm like, oh, fuck, like just turn it off. All right. I get it. <laughs> You're doing enough. Actually making you uncomfortable. Yeah. So like they they really thought about the soundtrack. So it's good that you guys brought it up because like mm -hmm. they really you can kind of tell they put some thought into like what makes people uncomfortable? What would be like a repeat, like a repetitive sound that would like 
kind of throw you off and like what if we loop it at like different times and it like just throws you off of like your rhythm well, and they they still did a good job of building tension yeah and then you know like we said there wasn't a lot of fluff so it didn't need to be that intricate it was be you know it's like setting up was one thing like i don't even like there was no music at the beginning yeah no right. and then when he finds that stuff in the attic, then the music starts and it doesn't right. stop because the, you know, the, thing the only has thing initiated. we hear from the beginning is like, you know, the clicking of a film camera turning on and the clicking of what it sounds like when film goes through the reel. That's Which all you is really very hear. Creepy. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's naturally like a creepy thing, but like when you're also seeing people being hung from a tree, like you're also like, Oh, okay. All right. Now I'm really, now uh, I've associated that in my brain. And every time I hear a, <laughs> a Every time Real I go clicking, to the movie, I'll be like, oh, God, <laughs> <laughs> no, that poor family, <laughs> family hanging out. 2009. I, I, uh, I do like how in some instances they kept it simple Yeah. and the simple made it way better. Right. Well, ex ex explore that a little bit. Where, where did they, where do you think they kept it like more simple? Well, just with, um, like going outside in the yard, like he didn't go in the woods and it made you think that he went like 500 yards. Oh, he, he was okay, like 15 okay. feet in his backyard. So like everything kind of like took place within the radius. Of yeah. The house. And then the, the same thing with, we were seeing symbols in the videos. So for him to see the scorpion and the snake, it was just like a visualization of right. stuff in the video. So nothing seemed too like far fetched or crazy. Right, like it all, like out of the it ordinary. all fit neatly, which, the whole film was neatly packed, so it does make sense. Right. But they didn't they didn't add too much fluff even even with the reasoning for why what was happening was happening. Yeah. It was like, well, it's this guy that does this. Oh, mm -hmm. okay, cool. Right. And I think they did a good job of, of giving it credit too with, with um you you said the name of the actor on the on the laptop the professor oh uh vincent d'onofrio yeah so it, it kind of gives you some authenticity of like oh all right they did a little bit of work into bit this and just right. enough to be like to add another layer but also not be too much to where you're like okay well is this real is this not real it's like well they gave one explanation for it the whole time yeah, yeah. well i like i'm just glad you know instead of like in every freaking horror movie where it's like, oh, we need our scene at the library where we're figuring out what's going on. Like, <laughs> like everything can be suddenly solved because you looked at like the right textbook from the library. Like, I'm glad they actually brought in like, you know, they the D'Onofrio character who is an occult specialist, like who's a college professor who writes about this stuff. Like that that's almost more believable than just some random person walking into a <laughs> library and knowing which like a cult book they needed. Yeah. Right. And, and it that takes happens all 11 the time. minutes. Yeah. 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 And they're just like, Oh my God. So when in, in this ancient text that I found at the library in subsection <laughs> B subheading three Q, it's like, no, I found this picture that directly matches what I'm looking for. And yeah. I didn't even have to try. Like that's so unbelievable. But <laughs> yeah. when you at least have an expert and you dub them an expert in the movie, like it's yeah, you I have an easier time believing like, Oh yeah, there's definitely a cult specialist out there that teach classes about this in some college. And I think since we watched so many movies, being able to just immediately that solid evidence 
is right. fun because now we can go back to paying attention to the movie. We don't yeah. have to worry about, oh, is the information we got correct? Because that, I feel like, happens in so many films where you're given a piece of information that's, like, misleading or not yeah. quite true. And in this, it's just like, here's an expert and here's what's going on. Yeah, and, and like, like okay. it's not like they're trying to, like, withhold information from you. They tell you everything they know you know, from the get-go, or at least when he starts talking to this professor. And, like, it's it's not something where it's, like, they're trying to throw in some false information for the twist at the end. Like, the twist at the end unravels naturally. It's not like they're trying to force it, like, you know, like the bye-bye man or, like, <laughs> something like that. Right. Like, Ooh, don't think it's <laughs> Don't think it's <laughs> Don't think it's But, yeah, I mean, I also like that um, we go into it assuming that it is a killer or slasher sort of situation and then find out that it's supernatural but not in your typical like oh my cabinet doors open and scared me sort of way like like you said they really go into like the the history behind it and give it a, a legitimate reason why it would be connected to something supernatural right one one thing i think is since we haven't seen the killer yet, that's the only reason why we're satisfied with seeing the kills only on tape right. at yeah. this point. And that's that's something else. Like normally the killer's established and then you watch the killer, you know, right. yeah. you know, do the kills. But since it isn't like that, I think the only way it's credible for us is that we don't know what it is. So it's like it could be something crazy right. that's doing this. Otherwise, yeah. it's not as believable. I mean, look at like look at Halloween. Like you're known right from the beginning, Michael. That's the guy we're looking at. That's the killer. Like from this, you're just kind of like you're just shown like, what's what they happening. Do. Yeah. Like, like there's all these murders. We don't know if they're connected or not. Like, but something's happening, and like mm-hmm. there's no explanation for it. And it's also not one of those uh, where like they show something that happened to somebody else. 20 years ago and right. it was there's something there's no like spooky. flashbacks yeah. or like any garbage like that except for the film like all you get to learn about what's going on is through the films yeah is previous murders which I think we should probably get to like the yeah, fourth I'm one like, by we're now yeah I'm like we're going on a tangent about that um, but yeah so you know he's he's, he's, <laughs> he's swimming pool yeah like he's slowly unraveling to get sort of back to the plot, he's he's slowly unraveling kind of the mystery. He's getting more information. He starts working with um, Deputy So-and-so from the police department to kind of get more information about these murders that he's viewing on the films. Who actually yeah, do does... We? He does a pretty good job. Yeah, he, he does pr- do he a good job. Do we ever learn his name? Or no, I, I literally think he's credited as Deputy he, So-and-so. Cool. Yeah, but when when he calls him, he says officer whatever and says his uh, name. Yeah. I right. just forget what it is. Yeah, because yeah, so and so is much more so-and-so. catchy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, so we we get to this fourth film and it's it's called Pool Party or something. So you know, it's this family hanging out by the pool, they're having a good time, and then this is where we kind of start seeing something's weird going on. Like so, it cuts, but it it cuts to like nighttime at this pool. But it shows like this picture of, I guess, what was once like lemonade or iced tea or something. But there's this glowing green goo in it or like this glowing green liquid. And that's kind of like the first instance we see of that. But that'll kind of like come into play like later on when we kind of figure out what it does. But like 
they kind of just show you it and it's nothing. And then we cut to the family kind of like tied to their their beach chairs yeah, and was slowly being pulled into the pool. Yeah, they have cinder blocks attached to yeah, their like, beach chairs. I, th- I they're think, like duct tape and rope and oh yeah like this has got to be one of the worst ways to go like you're just being pulled into the pool like strapped to a chair yeah, drowning would suck I, th- I think this one was my favorite simply for the fact that um later on when we get the extended versions of all these videos yeah the kid goes swimming yeah. In that pool <laughs> with is... with all the you know the dead family in, oh in the pool. Oh my god, it's so messed up, dude. Yeah. Like it's uh like I don't want to be pulled into a pool. Let that be <laughs> noted. Like when yeah. I die, don't pull me into a pool. <laughs> oh, do you want to talk about the last one then too? Yeah, we might as well cuz like yeah. cuz that's like I think our last one and then it gets into the ending. So like Yeah, cuz like there there's there's more stuff that kind of like happens in the house and like more family drama where well, like it's, it's the wife and him are arguing more and the kids are kind of being acting out more and they're getting in trouble at school and they're painting in the walls like Danielle said. So like, you know, the family life is kind of unraveling as Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So it just gets progressively Sorry, since we're skipping like 90% of this. With each video, it just gets worse and worse and worse. Right. And yes. it just continues to do so. Yeah. So that was the you know, short version of <laughs> yeah like he he falls through the ceiling ghost kids are being seen throughout the house whatever we're <laughs> skipping that apparently. whatever well no i was just gonna talk about this last film because again i don't remember exactly when all these are placed per se in reference to everything else going on um but i really like this one um so we start this one i don't think we see the family initially in you this do, film. do we? but it's it's from outside of the house like they're oh, sitting down oh, for yeah. like a movie they're watching tv or something it's nighttime yeah and uh then you just see um whoever's holding the camera is like walking through a garage and starts the lawnmower and just starts pushing it along and all you see is grass and yeah the and lawn, this is the only the time where the the soundtrack gets completely quiet yeah. Throughout it. You kind of just barely hear like a lawnmower in the background. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, after like five, six seconds of just watching grass go by, you just see a body in the ground and the lawnmower is going over its face and it's a loud sound. And, ah! Yeah. It gets scary. And like, you know, it immediately cuts to Ethan Hawke like freaking out. Like he jumps back immediately. Like they don't show you anybody <laughs> yeah. getting like eaten by a lawnmower. <laughs> For like the sixth time he yeah. freaks out at the next video he put in. Yeah, but I think that was the only jump scare relating to a video that they did. Yeah, kind of. Like the right? other ones were just creepy, but this one like had a jump scare within the video. Yeah, like this one definitely made... You know, like I, I still remember seeing this particular one in theaters, and like, like oh. after I went and saw it the second time, I was like just looking at my friends. I'm like, all right, they're gonna jump, they gotta <laughs> jump. And then when it happened, and they're all like freaking out, and I'm like, ah, got you, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, that's great. But oh. yeah, that one is the most jarring, and you do only see one person. But uh, yeah, that that one's uh, I think our last like yeah that's like the video last video that, that kind of convinces him like all right maybe maybe I'm onto something a little too deep here right but then we get our final night in the house and that's where shit like really hits the fan mm-hmm. like 
you know, he's waking, he's woken up at the, in the middle of the night by like the sounds of his super eight player going. So he, you know, goes in to his room, sees that, you know, the film of the family being hung in his backyard is playing. He turns that off. He goes down and he sees that the stairs to his attic are now open. And like, I don't know about you guys, but I don't want an attic specifically (laughs) for this reason. Because if I ever came home and those stairs are down, I'm burning the house to the ground. <laughs> it's just me up in the attic. And I'm like, like I, was hey, sort- babe, I, just- <laughs> I was sorting through old photographs. <laughs> I was just organizing the attic. No, I don't fuck with that. I'm burning it to the ground. <laughs> oh, I'm warning you now, just so in case we ever do have an attic, never, <laughs> never be up there when Without I'm out of the Without letting you know. First. Yeah. Okay. Like. If I text you, hey, I'm on my way home, be like, hey, I'm up in the attic. Don't burn the house down. <laughs> All right. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> All right. Good. Um, but yeah, that's it's definitely one of those creepy things. And he still is thinking that somebody's trying to break into his house. I feel like he's thinking someone's trying to murder him. Right. Like that's his thought process. Like he's right gone now. too far with this investigation and he knows too much. Now people are coming after him. Right. And we have seen the face of the the demon sir man the ghoul um, the buffoon mr the boogie man mr boogie yes mr boogie um <laughs> you can't kill the boogie man <laughs> no you can't <laughs> you have to go into the tv now yeah. <laughs> so like we're all expecting this guy this boogie man like yeah the whole time you think like he's gonna he's gonna come out and get you well it's just um, crazy because the first time we see him he's in the pool when people are being pulled under, like he's walking at the bottom of the pool. Yeah. So you're already like, what the fuck is this thing? Well, they, they show you they show you just enough to yeah, it's be enough. intrigued. Yeah. And also, it lets your imagination run. And it, it's an excuse to go back and show the footage again. Right. And then show him in the footage in the background, which nobody notices the first time. Right, mm-hmm. right. But it, it it's a good opportunity to reiterate why he's so afraid and... Yeah. Right. Yeah. So he he puts it all together, and then eventually puts a a photo of that face on his on his corkboard, mm. and then that's when stuff really gets weird. Yeah. So he this is when he's going up to the attic, right, for the yeah. last time. Yeah. For the last time, Ooh. because he he eventually just has he's had enough. He's pushed yeah. the limit. Yeah. And they got to I mean, leave. he's he's he can only afford so much alcohol. So, like, right. he goes up into that we, attic. We gotta move back. I'm out of booze money. <laughs> I can't afford my booze anymore. Move back to the old home. But, yeah, no, so he goes he goes up into the attic for that last time, and as soon as he goes up there, you know, you see all these, like, ghost kids of all these previous murders, and they're all watching the films of these murders. He pops his head up in yeah. the attic like a gopher. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, hey, <laughs> how's it going, guys? And then after, after a pretty decent pause, yeah. all the kids turn around and look at him. Yeah, and they, they all give him, like, the finger-to-the-mouth thing, and the they're like, shush. And then he immediately falls down the ladder. Yeah, well, yeah. Bacool pops his head out in front of him. I <laughs> well, would be, you know. I'd be dropping that yeah. guy's a pretty scary dude. I will say, some of the times that they filmed these kids, it looked a little goofy, like a little not scary, like yeah. too well, they did, light. And they did practical effects on the kids. So, like, no part of them was, like, put in a, under, like, makeup or anything other than their face. So when it, yeah. like, 
you see kind of like basically a normal kid, but then they turn their face around and it's all like veiny and like crackly. But I think it could have been like, you know, they were like lit too brightly and like you you definitely saw too much of that. Yeah, it should have been spookier. My my thing for that is, you know, his parallel universe or whatever would kind of merge when he was coming to get the kids because it you know you get what I'm saying like the video the videos were where he kept the children so when the videos Um, are being played I think it would blend into the world a little bit and that's why we saw like he's kind of like opening like portals and that's why the the, the scene where he's looking through his house and the weird Bernie (laughs) post-apocalyptic daughter is like swooshing behind him right so I think that's like kind of a meshing of the two worlds right well, yeah like i like the the metaphor behind it and like the reasoning behind it but like i just didn't like visually what they did with them but yeah like i i kind of i kind of see what you're saying like they yeah. do they do look a little crusty and it's like not crusty in like the good way it's like it's crusty, like oh like, you you just smeared paint on your yeah face. Like, <laughs> i mean he you is. just like put your face into a tray and mm. you're like <laughs> mr boogie is feeding off their souls yeah, so, so I, I guess they're like great. slowly decaying, <laughs> but yeah, they're getting no, like flaky. Their, their design is a little is a little goofy. Yeah. But yeah, other than that, um, you know, we see Mister Boogie, Mr. and Boogie. Uh, he scares us, and then after um, Elliot, uh, Allison, 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 after he falls, Elephant Allison, yes, yes, after he falls uh, through the attic, he he takes all the tapes with him. And he runs outside and starts dousing them in lighter fluid and burns them. Burns them up. Um, And of course the wife comes out and she's like, what are you doing? It's like four in the morning. (laughs) This is is one of the times where we we were saying, you know, Ethan Hawke kind of can go from zero to a hundred really fast. Yeah, he goes to z- from zero to Nicolas Cage pretty quickly. <laughs> and he's like, honey. Several times throughout but the But he's movie. like whispering. He's like, we need to move. We need to get he's out like, of here. She's like, what? And he's kids. like, we need to move. He's like, grab the kids, pack your bags, get in the car. We're leaving. And she's like, I don't understand, Allison. It's like you're talking in weird languages. <laughs> and he's like, get in the car, you fucking bitch. So he does get mad. <laughs> Wording's a little different. <laughs> but but they definitely make a point to show you that all of the film has been burned. Yes. yes. And that's that's the main part of that scene. Mm-hmm. And so well, I, I feel like they show you that because every freaking horror film is is solved by like, oh, you gotta burn some remains or you gotta burn like the the footage or you gotta burn yeah but that wasn't instructed to him it was just him going i gotta get rid of it i just gotta get rid of it it's because he didn't go to the library the library tells you to burn all the remains or burn this (laughs) or burn that i I do i do feel (laughs) like a lot of movies try to like oh here's the token that the demon is attached to right they, they put it somewhere or give it to someone or try to get rid of it or in some houses you know they they move and the the whatever follows them right so i right. feel like that's a common thing but it's a slightly different take on it right because it was um it wasn't a physical thing it was a like it was a visual thing right were these tapes so yes it was it was a physical thing but he also still had the 
information of what was yeah, on like them. Yeah, like once in his you kind of viewed these things, right. you're you're sealed. Like and your fate mm-hmm. is sealed it from ki- there. It kind of looked like Mr. Boogie got around easier after he started printing photos of him. Yeah, mm-hmm. like for sure. Yeah, but yeah. So he, you know, after him burning the tapes and them getting out of the house, you know, he's ru- he's speeding through the freaking town, and the cop pulls him over that we saw in the beginning of the film, and he's like, "Hey, listen, I just." You know, want to make sure you're leaving because you want to and not like, you know, you're going to write some like chapter about how the townsfolk like scared you away. And, you know, Ethan Hawke is like, nah, I'm good. Like we're we're getting out of here. I No book. I will say um, I think that ties back to the fact that when he was originally talking to um, deputy so and so about um, the previous murders, he uh he made a comment saying like, well, nobody reported anything. Like, would he really like, there was nothing weird going on. He's like, yeah, no, nobody said anything. They just, you know, I I don't know if they established the house thing yet. I don't think they did. Um, where they were all living in the same houses or whatever. But yeah, like, I think the only reason we had that little moment with the cop is because he actually didn't come out and say anything when he had a chance right there to report something. Yeah, like, there's creepy shit going on in my house. I'm leaving. It's insinuating that, like, the cycle's going to continue and nobody's going to be able to connect them. Right. So, you know, he tells the cop, like, I'm not going to write a book. There's, you know, I'm I'm forgetting about all this. I'm going home. So they they leave. They move back into their old house. And, you know... Just like at the start of the film... Right. He goes and checks the attic immediately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And of course, the first thing he sees in this attic is home movies. Mm-hmm. Extended yep. edition. The He's same like, box. It's like Lord of the Rings. It's the extended cut. Well, right. Because it's, <laughs> it's all, the it's, true version. The only way to watch them. It's all the equipment and all the reels and right. then an extra envelope with the extended versions. Mm-hmm. Right. And he splices them all up and there's yet another film right. splicing put it Montage. together yeah. oh it's it's great it's but great before it's he, completely ne- necessary right before he watches it is when he gets the phone call yeah um, from deputy so and so right and he's like hey i uh i cracked the code and uh, i figured out what's going on with your with your creepy story bro. oh wait hold on so no before that he gets images emailed to him from this uh vincent d'onofrio's character and it's like, you know, the picture of the snake, the picture of the scorpion. And he calls the the professor and the professor basically tells him like, oh, this demon, you know, lives in its images and it's the taker of children. So like, you know, all these things that you're looking into, like, are like these cultist things. And like, you know, the children missing are, p- according to the stories, you know, eaten by this demon. Mm-hmm. And that's when he sits and watches the reels. And he realizes all the murders were committed by the kids that are now missing that Bagul takes into this world. So like all these like these extended cuts are now like showing you the kids like, you know, the the first kid like sawing the tree branch and then climbing down from the tree, like saying something to the camera and then disappearing. I thought he got the phone call from. No, because that's after like he literally hangs up with deputy so-and-so and then like well, basically passes out on the ground throughout the last like 40 minutes of this film too. He's been dodging 
Yeah, deputy so deputy and so and so's calls. Like oh, once okay. he gets to the main house, like he keeps ignoring them. So yeah, like he technically does get a bunch of calls <laughs> from him. So but I was he's ignoring technically them. right. Yeah, technically you were right. Technically. Um, but yeah, when he is done watching the videos where he sees that all the children are doing the murders, um, and he actually answers the call, he's basically saying, yeah, so, uh, every family that was murdered previously lived in the house of the person that, or the family got, that got murdered before them. Right. So like you can go back to every murder and it's, you know one person lived in a house and they moved and then that's where they died and then somebody else moved into that house and then they moved and then it's like a chain reaction of all these different houses. So it's basically like this demon and all of his victims scare the family enough to get them out of the house then he kills them in the new house makes a video gets the people who move into that house to watch the video then gets them to move and it's Mm -hmm. like it's a vicious cycle it's kind of cool it's kind of cool how he works. Yeah um and yeah, that's like kind of the twist that, well, leads us into the twist, I guess. Yeah, because Deputy So-and-So is basically like, dude, if this guy's still around who's been committing these murders since the 60s, like you either accelerated his timeline or you just put yourself directly into it. Yeah. Which is, uh, dude, mm-hmm. I'd be freaked the hell out. Yeah, I'd be like, right? do I go back or do I stay here? What do I do? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think he, was out and do he was screwed. Yeah. <clears throat> no matter what, you're you're getting begooled. Yeah. And so, you know, the whole time we're watching this movie, I was assuming that the little boy had something to do with it. You know, the yeah, son. since he was having like the night right, terrors. Right. Well, they they give you the night terrors for the son and then the it was definitely the daughter. Yeah. Right. Swa- sloshing around in the mm-hmm. kitchen behind him. Yeah, because there swooshy. is that one so, scene. So it it was even with who which which of the kids that he wanted right well like there was that one scene and it's the only scene that kind of gives away that the daughter's going to be the bad one is when she's in the kitchen drawing and the mom's making the dad's coffee and she's like hey are you making his coffee like i want to i want to make it and go bring it to him so then you know when he gets his coffee at the end of the movie that knocks him out and you see the green goo in it it kind of implies like the daughter made it and brought it to him since the, like the note underneath it says like, good night, daddy. Right. Like it's kind of, it's kind of cool how they like subtly set it up and like, you don't really understand the point of that scene other than a little girl trying to bring coffee. Yeah. Like it's kind of cool. Yeah. So, um, you know, he's drinking coffee, looks down at his cup and it looks like he emptied a glow stick like in, <laughs> into the cup. Yeah, somebody um, cracked a glow stick in there. <laughs> yeah, a little so, bit. So, I don't know if that's supposed to be like spirit goo or poison <laughs> or... <laughs> you gotta watch out for the spirit goo. <laughs> well, if your reality is in film, it can be whatever you want. It's probably gonna be something weird. Spirit goo. <laughs> it's, it's predator blood. <laughs> yeah, it's like glowing it's green. acid. Yeah. <laughs> and then he passes that on the ground and it cuts to him... Uh, being tied up and um, you uh, see the back of the mom tied up and the little boy and it it is I wouldn't say it's the creepiest like set of kills in yeah. the movie but it's definitely because you like that little girl like you, you were rooting for her and then she does this weird stuff and you're like okay that was still pretty crazy though <laughs> like yeah. I, th- I think because I was literally going to say like she gives the creepiest line oh yeah when she's filming the dad and she's just like 
Don't worry, Daddy. I'll make you I'll famous make you again. I'll make you famous again. Yeah, and she's holding an axe. Yeah, it's yeah. so Ooh. creepy. Like, and the way she delivers that line is just so unsettling. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, so it she puts like the Super Eight camera down, and it just kind of like cuts as it looks like she's like swinging the axe at oh, Ethan Hawke. I wish they would have shown bashing yeah. his face and oh. Would yeah. have been great. But then it, it, you know, it cuts to you know the little girl finishing up her ritual for Bagul. Like she painted all through the house in blood. There's clearly a blood penis on the wall. <laughs> Steve, Steve said he saw a blood. There penis was a blood penis. Everybody, go and watch the end of this movie and tell me you don't see a blood penis. But then they <laughs> zoom in and it's just like they sketched a little cat in one of the testicles <laughs> to make it be like, no, we didn't draw a blood penis on the wall. Look, it's a cat. No. There's a blood penis in this movie. Sure. There is. I swear <laughs> okay. to God. It's got the mushroom cap and everything. Mm. But yeah, she's walking through the house, like filming, like, look at all the blood I smeared on the walls. And um, the, does the shush again. Yes, does yeah. the shush. And then she's like writing or she's drawing a um, a picture just like we saw in the beginning where it's like stick figures of like mommy daddy mr boogie and it's like what yeah. happened when they she's died. adding her mood got all her chopped up murder and then you know she's watching a film of all the the previous kids that were murdered staring at her she's staring at them bagul comes up behind her take like picks her up walks her very gently into the movie oh yeah and just carries her off he's for got the a beat on her soul he's he's yeah. a gentle yeah. guy he's he's ready to go he's he's ready for his midnight feeding yeah. But yeah, and and that's I mean it ends on another jump scare of oh, the bull, like uh, popping his face out, but like that which ruined is, you don't need it. That. Yeah, it <laughs> kind of ruined it. Well, you don't need it, but it's it's something silly that a, a lot of other movies have done. Yeah. yeah like but, you don't need the final credit jump scene. It's like you you guys were doing fine up until then. You don't. Could have just that. faded into the credits and it would have been like, "Ooh. Ooh." Yeah, like that that's it's creepy enough with a demon carrying a kid into a projector. Like that's that's <laughs> all you need. But yeah. oh, overall, I still I still feel like ten years ago this movie still holds up well. It really compared does. to yeah. some of what we've got in the last five years. Right. And there's no like goofy CGI and you know stuff like that that makes it feel like an old movie. Right. So I literally looked it up because I was like, when did this come out? It doesn't feel like it was that long ago. But yeah, ten years ago. Yeah. And like even the even the comic relief character like Deputy So and So like the few jokes he does tell throughout this movie like don't really take you out of it. It's it's almost kind of like a welcome inclusion where you're like holy shit we just got through a really tense moment like I want to laugh a little bit like just to kind of like break the tension. Yeah, and it's not too goofy. He, he yeah. did manage to make it feel genuine because he was such a fan of his yeah. in the first place. So. Like and he, he has like, like an awkwardness to him. Yeah, but. and he's like tripping over his words, and he's like, but it wasn't he's just trying to make him like him. It it definitely wasn't too much though, right? Because right. There's a lot of movies that have that exact same character, and they do way too much. Yeah. And every time they're on the screen, you you don't take it seriously. Right. Right. Because you're just like, yeah, wow, you just ruined every aspect of like scares that I had because you're trying to tell too many jokes within the runtime. <laughs> But as you know, to go along with it, it holds up well. There's been some decent horror films that have come out in the past few years, but this is one of them that, you know, ten years ago when I watched it, I was like, "Oh, this is going to be around for a while." Like, right. this, like you knew it was solid all the way around. 
mm. the fir- you know the first time I saw it ten ten years ago. Right. Mm-hmm. I am surprised on the ratings that I saw on IMDb. <laughs> it's like you know six six and a half out of ten or something, which I was like, oh really? Like I really like this movie. Yeah, I mean, um, that's about common for horror movies. They really don't get rated very high. Yeah, some people are super critical, and then other people are like, I just didn't like it. It was too scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't like it. It did <laughs> what it was supposed to count. do. Yeah. <laughs> but there's no way to separate them yet. Oh, my yeah. God. I went and saw this horror movie, and it scared me. <laughs> Fucking garbage. But, yeah, I mean, I would put this in, you know, one of my favorite horror movies. Yeah, this is, this is definitely top ten horror. Yeah, it's definitely my, my kind of horror movie, too. I like the little bit of psychological, a little bit of spooky, a little bit of murder. Like, oh, it's perfect. And yeah. the, the, the twist coming together in the end didn't feel forced. No. Yeah. Like, it definitely felt like, okay, this, this does make sense. Like, because even uh, the Vincent D'Onofrio character at the end kind of explains, like, you know, this demon, like, tricks or, you know, convinces these kids to join him willingly. So, like, you know, I can get why like you know they use the goo they knock the parents out like so like little kids could technically commit these things like it's not out of the realm of possibility in the world that they set up you never see them fighting back and like it wasn't really established in the beginning that anybody was um incapacitated from like drugs or anything right because like i mean realistically ethan hawk could kick this little girl across the room and (laughs) that wouldn't be a problem anymore for right but, like, you know, with the whole inclusion of, like, you know, you got yeah. the demon and he helps them, you know, get these murders done. And like, there, then it, it makes more sense within the context. There, there is one point in the film where they ask about when when did these start? And it was in the 60s or whatever. So, yeah. they, so you know, the, uh, what is it, detective officer so-and-so or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So he, he, he even said that. Oh, because it was that far away, like, he'd probably be old, so drugging would be yeah, normal. It would make sense. Would, mm. It would make sense. So yeah. up until he learned what what was going on, he had a valid explanation for why, too. It was right. either an old man or a small child. Hmm. <laughs> Probably the old man. I don't yeah. know if small children are capable. <laughs> right? But yeah, no. So, I mean, that's basically sinister. Like, it's mm-hmm. it still holds up, as, they, as Michael was saying, but, like, th- this still goes down as one of my favorite, like, almost, like, like, design for the for like the evil character like he mm. he literally looks like a member at a slipknot like he's, <laughs> he's so freaking cool yeah like i i, well, I they, they didn't do too much with him yeah, yeah. no it's very simple there's so many um so many horror films like need to make an ugly creature or the creepy woman or the creepy this or yeah. that and this was like we're, we're just gonna do a little bit and the story's gonna make him creepy yeah, and, and they, why he's there is going to make him creepy, not not relying on special effects or this wild-looking thing. And they definitely do it right in the fact that they don't show you him that often. Yeah, like, they don't overuse They him. slowly give you glimpses right. of him. And then mm-hmm. by the time you finally see his full thing, it's the end of the movie. Yeah. And, like, that's, that's what I feel like these modern horror things, like, really kind of get wrong. Like, they showed you the nun way too quickly and <laughs> way, too, way too, often. too often. Like, they show you, you know, in, in that new Conjuring movie, they show you, like, 
the fucking things way too often and way too frequently. So it's like it's not scary anymore because you're expecting it. It desensitizes you. Right. So when they're slowly showing you this demon and slowly giving you glimpses of his face, like you're kind of like, holy fuck, this thing is like no joke. Well, it makes it it doesn't, you know, not not make you work for it. But as a viewer, like it, it does make you invest a little bit yeah. in it to get rewarded where society's gone to a much more problem solution problem solution right here's the thing it's right here here look at it first to get you hooked where this was like we're just going to start telling a story and you're yeah. either going to like it or you're not it's like we're going to baby bird you and i do i do like how they they told the story like it, it yeah i feel no, like it they was did a, a well told story they did a really good job at Setting up the characters, setting up the motivation, setting up the evil force in the movie, and taking it out of town with that. I I will say this. You know, it it doesn't have that. You know that like four and a half minutes in a horror film where you're like, who okayed that to be in the movie, <laughs> and why did why did they need to waste camera time on that? Right. I feel like this had like it. The only thing it did too long would be like a couple seconds to at it would hold a certain camera shot for a couple seconds too long, or, right? Or some of those screeching noises. I mm-hmm. feel like they could have shortened those a little bit, right? But it didn't have a section in the film where you felt like it was unnecessary in yeah. a horror film to just pure fluff, pure dialogue that didn't make sense, right? Like, there was always something in the story being told by what was on the screen, right? Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah, I mean, I w- I would say we all would highly recommend this movie like mm-hmm. definitely if you have not seen it yet and we didn't just spoil everything that happens in it well yeah if you yet. haven't seen it you just listen yeah, to this whole thing like definitely definitely Oops. go check it out like it's it's you know like as we said it's probably our top in our top 10 horror movies or like, if if you have already seen it and it's been 10 years since you've seen it then rewatch it and you know, take a little deeper look in, right. into how they did mm-hmm. it and then remember that it was 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I watch it again, it, I still enjoy it and just you, as you much. You pick up a little thing here and there too. And right. But yeah. Any, any, any final just closing thoughts? No. You guys good? No. And the, the violence in it, even, even through video, it mm. was creepy enough to satisfy because you don't know what genre it is like it from the cover it looks like it's going to be real bloody right and it, it ends up being gory and creepy in a different way than yeah just more flat in a like, subtle here, way here it is on the screen this is this is it happening now right but that you know that was just artistically a cool way to do it right but yeah so i mean i, th- I think we've made ourselves pretty clear you know go watch sinister 10 out of 10 all around um, I would. I mean, I don't think it's perfect. I, I maybe give it like a an eight and a half or nine, but like, uh, yeah, it's definitely pretty good. I'm yeah. I'm not rating these movies, <laughs> but in 2012, this and a couple other films definitely shaped how the genre went for almost another decade. Right. Yeah. But yeah, so that that'll just about do it here for us at uh, every film in the book. Uh, we're going to say goodbye here and a, I guess a happy Halloween since uh, this is technically mm. October. <laughs> <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Michael. No. Okay. Okay. <laughs>